Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We have such a good episode. But before we jump in, just wanted to remind you, we have an event tonight, actually, if you happen to tune in on October 13th. Tonight, we have an incredible event hosted by one of our members, Lisa Filippelli of Select Management Group. Um, she's a partner there. And when I asked her what type of masterclass she wanted to do, she was like, I got to do a class on burnout because it's such a pervasive thing in this industry that is not getting enough attention. So she wanted to talk about it, give her two cents. I'm really excited about this one. And I know it's hard to go to an event like that, right? Like that's why burnout is such a big deal in our industry because we're like nose down, grinding it out and uh, it's hard to prioritize yourself. But girls, listen, ladies, women, men listening to this podcast even, we're not going to be able to have any sort of longevity unless we figure out really smart ways to go about our business and to take care of ourselves in the process because you can't be anything for other people if you are not taking care of yourself. So we have that event tonight. As always, you can go to iamwim.com slash events to just find out about all the events that we have going on. And lastly, if you like this podcast, whether you're new and this is the first episode that you're listening to, we thank you so much. I would love for you to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. It's because of listeners like you that we're able to continue. Um, So thank you so, so much. Enjoy this week's episode and uh, look out for more next week. Paula Bruno is the CEO of an influencer marketing agency, Intuition Media Group, an influencer network and influencer conference. These companies effectively educate, consult, and liaise with big brands, agencies, and digital content creators to develop mutually beneficial relationships and implement effective brand campaigns. She's been in the space since 2008, and we are super happy to have her on the podcast today. Well, Paula, I'm so happy that you're on today's episode. Episode. Um, why don't you tell everyone where you're quarantining and a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. Thanks so much for having me, Jesse. Um, I am actually quarantined in New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, and uh, it's beautiful here. Both my kids are away at school. So I have a lot of peace and quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. Where are they go? Where are they in school? Are they in the state? Yeah, I have one. No, I have one in um, Connecticut and then I have one up in Maine. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's probably so beautiful in Maine, right? It's beautiful. It's it it is beautiful. Um, You know, lots of hiking up there. Um, You know, she's really enjoying it. That's so, so nice. And we heard a little bit about you in the in the intro to this episode. I always think it's ideal to hear from, you know, in your words, Tell us a little bit about how you are working in influencer marketing and your path to where you are today. 
Sure. So I've been in influencer marketing now since 2008, which really seems like, you know, dinosaur age with, you know, everything that has happened since then. Um, uh, I, I originally helped my partner form this business. This is uh, Intuition Marketing, Blissful, DBA, Blissful Media Group. Um, my partner is Barbara Jones. Um, and, you know, we, we formed this agency with the thought of trying to harness the power of women voices um, way back in 2008. And we, we did it primarily with uh, bloggers. And um, then we ended up hosting, you know, several large conferences um, called Blistem. Uh, and, you know, it's just evolved over the years to, you know, first it was blogs and the written content. And now then it turned into Instagram. And now it's TikTok and Snapchat and Twitch. And I feel that the, the space is moving uh, quicker than ever and changing. And um, my partner, Barbara, has pivoted and she is currently running a talent management company. Um, and I'm running the agency uh, and I'm running the agency. So interesting. Very interesting. And Barbara was, has been on this podcast, so she's yeah. fantastic. For yeah. anyone listening, you know, you should go back. We'll list in the show notes which episode that was. Um, but, you know, we've talked a bit on this podcast about business partners. There's a lot of people who go into business and, um, you know, you, you go into it with, you know, very similar mindsets and all excited. Um, it's really incredible that you guys have been in business with each other for as long as you have. Where did you guys meet in the first place? Very interesting. Thanks for asking that question. Um, so Barb and I met at a angel investing group. I was part of a group called Golden Seeds. Um, it was a, a venture capital uh, early stage equity investment for women in um, New York City. And they used to put on um, different types of courses or um, for entrepreneurs. And I met Barb in one of those. And Barb had just started the company and she was looking for a partner investment and we really hit it off. And I had worked in finance my whole life and I was looking for a change and I was just fasc fascinated by social media and I just wanted to dig in and dive in. And, um, and it kind of just started there. And tell me, you know, from this finance background that you have, is working in social all that you thought it would be? Yeah, I love it. I love the fast pace. And I do love that everything is changing constantly. And there's always something new to learn. I just feel it's, it's super, um, just, just really fast paced. And I just love learning everything that's coming out, the new technology, the new platforms, um, you know, all the new influencers. It's just, it's mind boggling. There's so much to read every week. You're constantly learning in this industry, um, or at least you have the opportunity to do so. And for right. people who are interested in that sort of a thing and continuing mm -hmm. their education, there's absolutely the opportunity. So um, we're very similar in that way. I really enjoy that part of the industry, and that's why we hold so many educational events. And um, it's so interesting to look, just immerse yourself um, in that. And what a unique industry that we're in that you're able to. Um, 
talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of the types of clients that you've worked with over the years. Do you guys specialize in any sort of area or, you know, just if you could say, if you could sort of identify, you know, the, the part of your agency that you feel like is the most impactful, the type of work that you guys do, how would you articulate that? I feel, um, I, I think high level, um, you know, we work with both brands and agencies and we work with all different, um, all different niches. Uh, some past clients just from the recent year have been clients such as the FDA, um, GoDaddy. Um, I'm also working with, you know, FCB New York City, um, great teams there. We're working with Canon. Um, we worked with TikTok actually, ByteDance. Um, so I think our specialty really lies in, we aren't, I am a proponent of technology, but I also believe that you have to have the human part on the other side that really understands the, the, the ask and the influencers that you're going after to make sure that they're a super good fit for the brand. And I think we pride ourselves on quality and being able to really identify and find the right voices for a brand. Absolutely. And how important that is. And um, pretty great that after so many years in, like that's a way that you identify, you know, the major strengths of your agency. And so like, let's dig into that a little bit. I feel like there's so many people who are, would love to know um, how to be able to really truly identify the right influencers for a partnership. So you know, what's your entry point and what sort of markers do you look for? How do you advise your clients? Right. I think it's really dependent on the ask of the, of the client. Um, some clients, you know, you're, if you're working, say, in a, in a regulated area such as pharma or the FDA or another government agency, there's different asks and there's different thresholds of, of the types of influencers that you know you need to look for. And one of the biggest things for those are brand safety. Um, and so there's a real, you know, a, we're really clear up front with our clients as to what they're really looking for. And, you know, we always get a creative brief. We always get the, you know, the types of influencers that they're looking for. And we really use that to guide our search. Um, and, and we can search different platforms. I have a lot of different platforms that I use for influencer search, but it really comes down to a feel. Um, a, a feel and looking at the past work of the influencer and, you know, to maybe talking to the manager, talking to the agent, um, different feelers, you know, that you can feel, okay, is this going to be a good fit? Um, are they going to follow through? What type of work do they, you know, produce? Um, are they going to be easy to work with? Um, do they go above and beyond, especially, you know, the larger influencers when you're paying them a lot of money? Um, you know, are they, are they actually proactive and are they going above and beyond for, for the client? This is what I look for. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I rambled there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't hear rambling at all. So no, I think that you said that really well. I think that, um, 
I mean, that's your methodology. I find it so interesting to hear that you do work though in so many different niches um, from, you know, working with the platforms themselves to working, you know, with a company like Canon and, you know, all over and everything in between different agencies, brands, things like that. So, you know, it sounds to me, you know, that you're really well connected that you've got this thriving business. Do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it just being around for quite a while and just having naturally made great connections and getting repeat business? Um, you know, how do you guys continue to maintain this great clientele that you have? Well, I will say that, you know, it's not only, it's not just, you know, being around for 12 years, we have a really great team and, I think that, you know, you really want to surround yourself with those people on your team that can really handle the clients from start to finish. So I, I believe that, you know, our repeat business is not only me being involved with the client, but it's really their day-to-day -day interactions with the people who work for Intuition Marketing or Blissful Media Group. Um, it's those project managers who are on a daily basis, you know, following through and making sure that, you know, they, that the client is getting everything that they've asked for and more. And so I feel that that's part of our so secret is that, you know, we get a lot of repeat business because they are so happy with the work we do. And how fantastic is that? And, um, and if you were to ask any of your current clients, um, you know, what, what are some of the, the biggest takeaways that they would identify from working with you guys? What else do you think that they would say? You know, I think one of the biggest things they would say is that they trust us. Um, they trust our experience in, in finding the the right influencers for them and i feel it's attention to detail and it's going that extra mile and you know i feel like we that's why we expect that from the influencers too because we always go an extra mile for our clients and so let's dig in a little bit to some hot topics that are you know that are in the industry right now there's quite a few of them as everyone listening knows it's been a crazy, insane year. Um, and I always really love to get everybody's different opinions about how that all impacts the influencer marketing space and what we're, mm -hmm. what we're involved in. Mm -hmm. One article that's really intrigued me lately, and we've discussed it a bit in the Facebook group. Uh, we're going to be doing an event on it later in December is about influence or influencers and their involvement in social issues or maybe political issues or basically just having a voice and going there and, you know, acknowledging what's happening, maybe partaking in the conversations about what's happening in the world. There have been quite a few influencers who uh, take the stance that, you know, well, my bread and butter comes from brands. Therefore, I need to always be, quote, brand safe and sort of never go there. Um, and there was a really incredible article that we'll link in the show notes to this episode about that, like, that day is over and that brands are really... Uh, 
they're, they're, they, that's not what they want anymore. They actually want to hitch their, their line to a wagon that uh, they want to, you know, align themselves with an influencer who has a voice, who has something to say, and actually that's more important to them now. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I know so much of the work that you do is, you know, matching brands with the right influencers. And I'd love to hear sort of what you're hearing from your clients, if that's the case. And um, if you're seeing any sort of trends like that in the marketplace now. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we, it, is, it has been a very interesting year. And like you said, I do, think there, I do think clients are looking for influencers who have a voice um, and who are passionate about certain topics. And I don't think that that scares them. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe they, if it's a different type of client, it really it could depend on the type of brand. Um, and you know, what the brand directive is, maybe they, you know, maybe it's, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, what brand, uh, it it wouldn't be okay with, but most of the brands, you know, I do find, um, are okay with that, you know, and they are embracing it. And I do feel like it's a two way street, um, you know, where, I think influencers are expecting to see that of brands as well. And, and that's a really interesting pivot. Uh, I, I agree. I've seen sort of a very similar thing. Um, and so when you're working with brands, are you mainly uh, uh, connecting them for influencer content or are you also working on brand specific content as well? Both. Both. Okay. And so since that's the case, I'd love to hear um, more about brands pivoting just their own content on their own channels um, to have more of a stance. I mean, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting what brand it was, but it was some clothing brand that are, you know, sewing in labels into their clothes, you know, vote this person out of office. Uh do you, I don't know if you have in mind what I, I, I can't remember the brand right now off the top of my head, but I have this vivid, you know, picture. I definitely read it, uh, quite a few articles about it and I'm like, oh wow, that is quite a stance. You are sewing in labels into every piece of clothing talking about who to vote for, for the next election. That's pretty powerful and quite, uh, quite a, a stand to make. You're inevitably going to probably uh, remove quite a bit of people from, from your clientele doing that, but what a stand you're making. Mm-hmm. I'd, love, I'd love to hear your experience about brands really pivoting strategy of their own content um, to make a statement like that or, or you know, in any sort of capacity. Yeah, I feel like brands are really embracing, um, you know, the current culture. I work a lot with the Gen Z you know, recently on TikTok. And I do feel that the brands are listening and they're taking it in and, you know, they are trying to really um, take a, take a stand on certain, certain issues that they are passionate about. Um, It may not go as far as, you know, you know, putting in a label as to who to vote for, but um, I am working with brands who, you know, that, that they are very comfortable and 
um, the content is, you know, surrounding certain issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about working. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. With TikTokers, because I keep hearing you say that you're doing work with TikTokers. There are, I think, more questions than answers in regards to working with that specific talent. I hear you saying you're working a lot with Gen Z. Talk to us about some of the differences in working with these types of influencers. Yeah, um, I, I think it's fascinating working with them. Um, they are all so unique, and I'm, I feel they are so creative. Um, now, when TikTok first came out, like, I just, you know, I thought, oh, you know, uh, it, you know, some crazy videos, and it was just all Gen Z. But um, I, I find that they're very creative, and they're using their voice in so many different ways. And I also feel that TikTok is aging up. Um, and you're going to find educational content and you're going to find millennials and boomers and um, you're going to find how to do pottery. And so you're finding a lot of different niches um, that are growing within TikTok. Um, and I love it because I feel I, I am a proponent of it for brands because I do feel that it should be part of their plan, their marketing plan. It doesn't have to be all of their plan, but I do feel it can reach different audiences than they may already be reaching somewhere else. And it's a really creative way for some brands to just dive in. 100%. Are you advising any of your clients to do it if they're if they're maybe not as familiar with it or they're a little tentative about it. Um, yeah, I've been, a big, I've been a big proponent of it. Um, yeah. Even through, you know, the administration um, potential ban. Now, I feel that maybe, I feel that brands who are currently involved with TikTok are not stepping away. Um, I feel that maybe brands who aren't involved are, are tiptoeing a little bit more, um, may take a little bit more time, maybe when things are settled um, a little bit more with TikTok and where it is going, um, I think more brands will be more comfortable. But I think it's, I think it's here to stay. Um, and I do like the content. And that's a question too. So for the brands that you're working with, influencers, Everybody who's going there, who is, you know, exploring on TikTok, how, what is the, what is the end result of those campaigns? Are they successful? What are you seeing in, gar in regards to metrics and learnings? What, what can we take away from your experience with it? Well, um, and, the, and the good and the bad don't hold back. <laughs> we want to hear it all, please. You know, like it, it, it it's, 
you know, it's, it's, it can be hit or miss. You know, you can have a video. Well, that's the beauty of it because anybody can create content and everybody has the same chance to go viral is the next person. So it really just depends. Like you may put out one bad video or one video that's not getting a lot of traction, but then the next video just may take off. So it's, it's, it's like you have many times to get in front of, like brands have, have many times to get in front of, you know, their consumers, their customers, their stakeholders um, by, by being involved with TikTok creators um, because they create really fun content. Um, and it's something that most people, when they start watching it, can't put it down. 100%. I know I can attest to that. <laughs> I know I can. I mean, it's like, it's such a rabbit hole. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not on it that much. And it's probably because when I do, I literally can't put it down. Mm -hmm. I, and it's, it's just like, it's the tools that TikTok gives to the people on the platform. There's so much creativity that's possible. Um, right. And it's just fun. It's informative. It's, it's fun. I mean, there's so much to it. It's just, it's so ridiculously engaging. So I'm just, I'm curious how that translates from a brand perspective. And I do think that brands really, really in those, in, in, when it comes to TikTok really needs advice and advisement from an agency like yours, from, you know, people who are really studying it to make it particularly effective because um, just because there's an, you know, it can be engaging and it, mm -hmm. it can be like, it can be great. Doesn't mean that it will be. And I do exactly. think there are specific strategies that need to be implemented in order to, to accomplish the goals that the brand has when going down that path. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what, what are realistic goals for maybe a brand that's never explored TikTok before? You know, what are, what are goals that you're hearing and some that are, just realistic um, for those who want to explore TikTok for the first time. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that, well, first it depends on, do they just want to use creators or do they want to establish a presence themselves on TikTok? Um, because I think that's, you know, some brands don't want to have a presence and others do. And some just want to use creators on the platform to get their message out. Um, I think first and foremost, I think that, you know, the, the, the main goal of, of, of IC, of, of getting brands initially into TikTok is to, especially if there's a product, is to create awareness around the product and then, you know, use TikTok's, you know, everything that they have to help create sales for that product, you know. Um, but I think initially my goal would be to help brands, you know, get on the platform, learn it, learn how the creators create the content, um, what type of content works, what's trending, how to follow trends. They, they just, and you have to, you have to be on it a lot because the trends are changing daily, hourly. And so you want to jump on a trend. And so sometimes when you want to jump on a trend, you know, sometimes brands, you know, need to go through a lot of approvals. And so you, you need, you need to be a little bit nimble. Um, I, I would, I would say, you know, and some brands don't want to be nimble. So it really just depends on the brand and their comfort level 
um, with giving up, giving up that control. And I want to pivot a, a little bit. Um, okay. I find it really fascinating that you, you know, you're an, a business owner, an agency owner, um, that you transition from sort of one successful career to the next. For those listening who really admire that and perhaps would want to do something similar themselves, what advice would you give somebody who, you know, is possibly thinking about, you know, starting their own business? What would you say to those women? Um, I would say, you know, to, to, to really, to think about it. I mean, I love having my own business because of the flexibility it provides. Um, and I just love having, I love to grow something um, that's mine and to just be in, sometimes I'm in too many things, but that's how I, I like to work. You know, I'm, I'm, I got a million things going and, you know, I, I love that entrepreneurial type of spirit where you're, always busy, always learning, got a million things going on. Um, and I think if you're a woman and you really, you have an idea, I think you should go for it because you're not, the worst that could happen is you could fail, you know, and then you just pivot quickly. I think one piece of advice would be if something's not working is to pivot really quickly, learn to pivot, pivot fast. Don't wait and say, oh, well, maybe it'll work. You know, maybe it'll work and keep putting money into it, money into it, money into it. You know, pivot quickly. If you feel it's not working, pivot. Well, that's huge because I've heard people say something similar in terms of pivoting. But what I hear you say, which I think is is particularly worth noting for everybody who's listening, is to pivot quickly. Um, and that takes a lot of skill um, because perhaps there's so much work that went into getting to that point yes. of like, how could I how could I leave this? I put so much into this, or maybe I can fix it, or maybe I could do X, Y, and Z to help you know rectify the situation. What has pivoting quick, like how, have you always been able to pivot? Quickly? No, no. Okay. <laughs> so I think that, I think um, you have to look at it like, like real estate. You can't get emotional. Okay. It's business. If it's not working out business wise, pivot quickly. Do don't wait because I found that if you wait and you keep thinking you're going to change it, that you go, you can go more and more into the hole, you know, because you're going down the wrong path that's not producing. So it's just business. You look at it, you don't spend time, you don't spend too much time just going over it in your head and over it and over it and over it. Just if it's not working, do it. And do you have any sort of checks and balances to that? You know, I think that it's, it's incredible that you, you know, you've had a business partner all this time and you talk about this great team that you have, you know, do you explore the idea with others before you pivot? Do you really rely on your gut instinct? Um, I think it's a combination. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I think people are different. I'm a collaborator. I like to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I like to think about the different options and I like to brainstorm I, I like to brainstorm different things. I like to talk about it. And then once I have it clear, then it's just quick pivot, quick, quick pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's incredible advice. I feel like, um, 
it, it makes so much logical sense. It's hard sometimes. No, but it is hard. You, you, get, you, hard. Get, you get caught up in not wanting to change the way things have been working or you get caught up and this is the way to do things. We've always done it this way. Or um, you get caught up in fear or you get caught up in um, uh, uh, so many other things. And, and I've learned, you know, I, I, my partner and I read this book. It was called Profit First. And I think that was the turning point that we were like, you know, this is how we have to operate. We can't wait because you just, you just can't wait. <laughs> if it's not working, change it. And, and I think that's huge advice. And, uh, and I, I really appreciate that. I think it's, it's so important for everyone listening to, to hear that. And similarly, I'd love to hear, we asked that, I can't believe we're almost out of time. Um, we, we asked this question of everybody on the podcast, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. What would you tell your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? Network. To network. Mm-hmm. That's my, my main thing to my, my daughters. I have, I have two daughters. One is 16 and one is 20. And my biggest thing for them is when they, you know, right now with my older one who will be looking to get a job in two years is network. Like now, network, learn to network, learn to ask for women to mentor you. Just learn how to do that well. And what does that look like? I have to dive into that a little bit more for those of us, you know, right, look, right now we're in a very tricky situation where you can't necessarily take someone out to, to dinner or for a drink or, um, you know, we're trying at whim to facilitate those networking opportunities. We've got a mentorship program that we're launching. So I cannot agree with you more. I want to hear more about it, especially like, what would you tell your own daughters of, of how to network well? What would you tell them? Well, I mean, it's different now in quarantine, but, you know, I'm not, I'm thinking long-term and I'm hoping quarantine is going to end, you know, within the next little bit. Um, and I, and I do think it's, you know, going out to those dinners, making those connections at work, you know, making that first effort, um, to, to, to go out, to get dinner, to go to a meeting, to go to an event that maybe you don't feel comfortable with to reach out even like even if you're in in school or graduate school to reach out join a club you know try and become active in that club um and i wish you know when i had just graduated i and was working i wish i had networked more um i i just i just wish I had networked and I wish I had reached out to other women in the industry and asked them to mentor me. What, what do you wish that you had learned? Um, I feel like if you have a mentor, I feel like this is when you first start working and you're getting out of college and you just, you learn how to navigate business. You learn how to navigate relationships. You learn how to, you, you, you just learn how to navigate. And sometimes when you're so newly out of college, you just, you don't have that experience. And it's super helpful to have someone who is a mentor or a 
a friend in the same business that can, that can give you guidance. And how do you find the right mentor? I mean, networking is, because networking is something where it's like broad strokes. You can network with all sorts of people and see where it goes. But, you know, a mentor type relationship is more special and more unique. And it's really just a handful of people, if not one person, perhaps. So how do you find a mentor? I had one, I had a mentor. I knew from the beginning that that there was something really special about her. She was a very charismatic and she was willing to reach out and help bring me up. So there wasn't that competition. You know, she, she wanted to, to, to give me everything that she learned because she wanted me to succeed too. You know, it, she, it wasn't this, where only one person could succeed. It was where she really wanted us all to succeed. And you could tell she was like that. You could just by her being, just by being with her, um, you could tell. And I, you, I, think, I think you go with your gut. I think that you, know, you can tell who could be good men, a mentor um, just by being with them for a little bit. That is so insightful because I will tell you, I feel like a lot of women may be inclined to ask for mentorship by a man, a woman, a person who is simply just successful, Mm. but not everybody makes a great mentor. And that mentality that you're describing, which is that they're simply in it to, to uplift you and to support you. And there's no competitiveness in it. And it's really just this pure mentorship relationship that is so huge to making it a really special mentorship. And usually, usually the mentors that, that have that mentality they're confident. They're confident. They don't need to compete with you. You know, they've already made it quote somehow in whatever way in their mind, they've made it in, in their own mind that they, they don't feel the need to compete. They want you to be just as successful as the next woman. And I think it's a quality that not everybody possesses, but I do feel that those are the people that you just treasure because, you know, they have this certain way about them and you can tell, you can tell who they are. They give freely, they give freely of their time and um, you can tell that they give freely of their time and they expect nothing, nothing from it. And that's like, I mean, that's such a special person. There are so many people who are not like that and I agree with you. If you sort of know what you're looking for, that gut instinct will then kick in and yeah, to be like yeah. that that's the type of person that will give and give and and um and they're absolutely getting something in return, right? Because you know, they're getting the opportunity to to give and to give to is just this really pleasurable feeling um to be able to inspire someone to be able to educate someone and help somebody um right. so you know a, a real wonderful mentorship pair it's someone you know it's a couple that they're really going to benefit from each other um oh. i love oh. that i love that so much so if someone wants to reach out to you and speak more about mentorship tiktok reels <laughs> Oh, All of the, everything. What, what is the best way for anyone to get in touch with you? 
you know, there's a number of ways. I think the easiest way is probably just to email me. Um, it's Paul at Blissful Media Group, um, and pretty simple. And I'm always I'm always available for mentorship or chatting or talking about strategy or um, you know, I'm just fascinated by all the different platforms. We didn't even get into Twitch, you know, how big I think that is. Um, but anyway, I'm yeah. here and I really appreciate being on and um, I look forward to the next time. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive-thru workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m.